You are listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. What does it mean to stand up for God in this generation? Find out in week one of our 10X series with this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. We are celebrating youth today. How many of you are young people in this place? Can you please raise your hand. Woohoo! Hey, all right. Again, liars go to hell. Anyway. Okay, okay lang. By faith. Okay. Youth once. Okay, O-N-C-E. But you know, we welcome everyone. Uh, we know that all of us are young in age or in heart. Okay, and so we're actually, uh, we're just, uh, you know, in the next two weeks, we're celebrating young people. Uh, we are, we're going to be talking about the campus. We're going to be talking about what, what God is doing in our next generation. And so I just feel so, how many of you are, so, in fact, my wife just, uh, before I stepped up here, she said, you know, I'm just so encouraged looking at these young people because these are the next generation of people and there's not even an old person here on this place except me. Uh, you know, who stood up here on the stage. And how many of you know that God can pour out His Spirit both on both young and old people, amen. And God can use anyone as long as he or she is available before the Lord. And so Shirley said, you know, I'm just so full right now, I can actually go home after the worship. Sabi ko, wag naman, pitch pa ako. But anyway, so, anyway, so we're, uh, we're actually starting a uh, very uh, quick series uh, entitled 10X. And uh, this is actually a two-part, a two-week series uh, focusing on the youth. Now, why 10X? We're going to be looking at the story of a, uh, a group of teenagers who were exiled in Babylon. And uh, this uh, will be focusing, we'll be focusing on the story of uh, Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and how they became 10X or 10 times better. And so uh, we're going to be looking at this objective for this next uh, two weeks. So uh, bear with me for a while. Our people will understand that God has a great plan for today's generation of young people. How many of you are young again? Can you please raise your hand? Oh, all right. Come on. Sige. Panindigan natin lahat, di ba? And um, kaya nga nagalito na rin ako ng suot. Nakikiyang na rin ako. But anyway, so anything we can do to reach out to the young people. And amidst the challenges in their culture, he intends his people to stand up and be 10 times better, not 10 times worse. Okay? 10 times better. Look at the person beside you and tell that person, you are going to be 10 times better if you stand up for Jesus. Okay? So, 10 times better for His honor and glory. You know, for those of you who are joining us and you're quite new in our church, it all started back in 1984. When a group of American missionaries, young uh, college students, came to the shores of the Philippine Islands, and they actually went to the university belt and started a church in what we now know as Victory Christian Fellowship. Now, the, the very beginnings of this church really happened in the college campuses, particularly in Mendiola, in the university belt. And I remember back in the and back in those times. Uh, it was a, uh, a time of uh, you know, political instability uh, in the nation. Uh, Nino Aquino just uh, died, and you know, there were so many political rallies. And I remember the, the very first uh, center that we had then was a uh, basement in Tandem Cinema. It was along uh, Recto Avenue, and it was a leaky basement. You don't know if it's the glory of God or the aroma of something 
that will hit you during the service. Talaga mafi-feel mo talaga wa ang kapal. Okay, kapal lang amoy, di ba? Talagang, it was sewage actually and we're right under there and that, that was the beginning uh, uh, stage of this church. But how many of you appreciate but that God takes us from glory to glory? Okay? That we're no longer under a sewage system here. And I, re- I, re- I remember when, uh, when they were uh, having some rallies in, uh, in Recto Avenue during that time, one of the strategies for us to be able to invite people to church is whenever the policemen would disperse the, the, the rioters with tear gas, you know, some of our student leaders would actually invite our, our, those rioters down the basement and they would say, come here, down here, it, it's safe here, you know, go down here and we're going to take care of you. And when they go down there, they, they're going to preach the gospel to them. Okay, and those were some of the first fruits of our ministry. Uh, you know, radical people, you know, one of those... Uh, leaders that were raised up uh, then was Pastor Ferdy Kabili. In fact, he actually just visited here a, a few minutes ago. And Pastor Ferdy is now one of the of one of our best uh, pastors and preachers in our ministry. And he actually was reached out in the university belt. Okay, as a student leader, I got saved also in 1986 uh, as a sophomore student. And and how many of you got saved as a student? Okay, sino siya na born again when you were still in college or in high school? Can you please raise your hand. All right. Okay, well, we're gonna you know, we're we're gonna look at some of the stats later on on what God is doing in the campuses. That's why, as a ministry, we are very much involved in the campuses still at, until today. Whether we are here, uh, you know, far from the U Belt, how many of you know that we have a lot of campuses right here where we are, uh, right in the vicinity of uh, Lampara, Las Piñas, Palengakin, Muntinlupa. I think there are about 160 plus uh, high schools and some college campuses right here in our midst. And so, allow me to invite everyone uh, to, uh, to ask you to all to stand up as we uh, read God's Word this afternoon. We're going to be reading from Daniel chapter 1, and uh, we're going to be focusing on eight verses. We're going to join you through this uh, whole chapter, first chapter of Daniel, and we're going to look at these four characters and what they did for, for the Lord. In verse 1, it says, In the third year... Of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put, on in, uh, and put in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, king of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without any physical defect. So these were the qualifications of those who were exiled to Babylon. Okay, Young men without any physical defect. Handsome. Look at the person beside you. Qualified ba? Pwede, di ba? Showing aptitude for every kind of learning. Well informed. Quick to understand. Look at the person to your left naman. Okay, qualified? Pwede. Di ba? And qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. Now, it was a treat for them, definitely. You know, knowing that they're going to be exiled. And yet, the food that they will be eating will be none other than the, the king's table's food that will be served to them. In verse 6, they were to be trained for three years and after that they were to enter the king's 
service. Among those who were chosen were uh, some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them in, uh, new names. To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. To Azariah, Abednego. Verse 8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Father, we thank you so much for our time this afternoon. We welcome your Holy Spirit here tonight. We thank you, Lord God, that indeed in the last days, you are pouring out your Spirit. Young men will prophesy, old men will dream dreams. And I thank you, Lord God, that you will pour out your Spirit upon all flesh, God. And even tonight, we welcome your move among us, Lord God. Give us your Spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know you better. I thank you, Lord God, that just like Daniel, help us to resolve in our hearts to please you in every situation that we're facing, God. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. You may all be seated. Okay, medyo puno tayo ngayon, but hope you can bear with us. Um, just to give us a short background, uh, you know, it was the time when Israel was steeped in sin. And, you know, time and time again, they... They went back to apostasy. They sinned and then they would actually repent and God uh, give them a judge, a deliverer. The beginning was Moses uh, bringing them out of Egypt into the promised land. And then they sinned again before the Lord and God sent judges. And so after the judges came the kings. And yet, you know, somehow there were two kinds of kings in Israel and Judah, the bad kings and the good kings. And here we can see that even sometimes that the Judah, uh, the, the kings of Judah, are not also walking in the ways that uh, David and the, the fathers walked in, in the ways of God. And so finally, the Lord allowed a foreign invader to invade the nation of Israel. And here we see that that's the context of our story right now, that King Jehoiakim was now taken as exile in the nation of Babylon together with young men. And I believe some women as well. Men from the noble families. And so they kind of handpicked uh, this guy. So just to give us a uh, better understanding of where uh, Babylon is. Actually Babylon is the modern day uh, Iraq. But their empire extended beyond Iraq uh, in, uh, today. Okay? So they uh, extended on the left side to, uh, to Egypt. They covered that. Of course they covered uh, Israel. On the northern section, they actually covered a portion of Turkey, and they covered Syria, and they covered Lebanon. And so it was an extensive uh, coverage or conquest of Babylon. But instead of them destroying completely Judah, what they did was they chose some men from Judah or Jerusalem and brought them back to Babylon. Okay? So here we can see that in our context we are reading, right? uh, Sina Shadrach, Meshach. And Abednego, and so even Daniel uh, was there. Okay, and so they were actually taken as exile. Now, this targeting the youth. How many of you know that the world has always been targeting the youth? It didn't just start today. You know, you, you look at the marketing right now. How many of you notice that every time you know advertisements come up in the TV, you know it normally targets the youth. McDonald's, Jollibee. Um, you know, even uh, the, the iPhone or whatever, Samsung, I believe that, you know, even the young people are now being, being targeted. 
Okay? In the old days, they've been targeting the youth. It's always the young people. Bakit kaya? Okay? This is the reason why. Because most likely, whatever influence that these young people have, that will be the same way for life when they grow up. They will bring them up. Okay? When they grow old, whatever influence uh, they receive. The Bible says, but train up a child in the way uh, he should go. And when he is old, what? He will not depart from it. So whether it's a good influence or whether it's a bad influence, if you train the child as young as he is, you know what, guess what? Growing up, he will actually bring that with him. The culture, the, you know, the discipline, whether good or bad, that he actually got from the family when he was growing up, will be brought to his future family. You know, I was telling the story this morning, that you know, every time me and my wife would have breakfast, actually we would have simple breakfast in the house. Okay, so we'd have coffee, and we would normally order eggs. Okay, so staple salmon is Shirley, we would order sunny side up. But the way the sunny side up is cooked is different from me and Shirley, because sana yako sa sunny side up na runny. Okay, I want a sunny side up that's over easy. How many of you like a sunny side up that's over easy? Runny. Yung Yung gooey, yung, yung yellow, yung yolk, gusto niyo yun? Ayaw niyo yun? Bakit? Weird ako, no? No, I grew up eating that way because, you know, what I did when I was growing up was I, was ta- I would take the bread and I would actually make sausaw, the yolk, and then I would actually put it straight to my mouth. And so I, I love that. But my wife's different. She'd always order a well-done sunny side up. Gusto niya toasted yung ilalim. Gusto niya brown na brown, tsaka medyo malutong on the side. Sabi ko, ba't ganyan ang gusto mo? Eh, ganito ako lumaki. And as she was telling me the story that when they were growing up, actually when, you know, when uh, this a, a tragedy hit the family and when they lost everything, sometimes they would actually share an egg among the brothers and sisters. One egg divided by two, three, four. Parang pizza pie na yun, ano? And how many of you know, in order for you to divide an egg, it has to be hard? And that's the purpose of that. So we brought that same culture. This is just a, a very small story to give you an idea that whatever you, however you're raised, you're going to bring that in your home. The way you were raised in the area of finances. The way you were raised, in the, the way you dress, in the way you, your, your basic etiquette, your, the way, your, your hygiene, whether you brush your teeth every day or every other day. You know, you bring that... When you grow old, you bring that in your marriage. You, you know, whether you take a bath, you know, in the morning, in the evening, or just, you know, whatever, okay? And so, we normally have the same pattern, okay, from the youth. And whatever was taught to the youth, they will bring that up when they're old. There's even a saying, diba, it's hard to teach old dogs new tricks. Pag matanda ka na, parang hirap ang baguhin. But if you're young, you're like a sponge, you absorb everything and you just copy what's being taught. Okay, another reason why the world is targeting to influence our young people is because of the influence, they influence society to be more like them. Okay, eventually, you see young people talking the same. They have the same language. They have the same uh, way that they dress up. They have the same music that they listen to. Okay, influence is, is a part of that. And also, they are our future leaders. In fact, the founder of MTV, 
strategized that the MPV uh, is targeting, not just targeting uh, young people, but even uh, young teenagers as early as uh, 14-year-olds. Okay? And he said this, the Bob Pittman, the founder, said, at MPV, we don't shoot for the 14-year-olds. We own them. What an audacity for him to claim that he owns the young people of this generation. And I believe that as a church, we also need to do our part in reclaiming the young people in our generation. Amen. And you know, it's always easy to, to, to mold the thoughts and ways. And it's easy when we're still young. Pag mas bata, mas madali. They believe anything. They believe everything. You know, when my, my kids were younger, I would tell them, you know, when you eat vegetables, you're going to be strong. So they believe me. That when they're a little bit older, parang sabi nila, ayoko ng lasa nito. Okay? Then they, they start processing. But you know, when they're young, you know, they think you're the hero. They think you're Superman. You're the man of steel. Something like that. And so, you're the hero of the home. And so, whatever they, they encounter in you, they're going to bring that up. If you look at the planet and the population of planet Earth, you would notice that 6 out of 10 okay, on this planet are below 25. That's the reality. Now, how many of you here are 25 and below? Please raise your hand. To be sick of your Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! 25, 10 years ago, right? We have a young population. In fact, when you talk about Christianity, it was found out, according to the stats, that 90% of professing Christians come to the Lord before the age of 30. That's how young they are. If you want to reach somebody for the Lord, you got to do that before he hits 30. You have a 90% chance of seeing that person come to the Lord before the age of 30. Okay? And 75% come to Christ before the age of 25. Now, how many of you got saved before 25? Please raise your hand. Okay, pakitaasa kamay. Alright. Okay. That's great. That means that you are in college probably or maybe just graduated from, from college. Okay? Now, how does the world influence the youth? And we can see, that, we can see this actually in the story that we've read uh, earlier from uh, the story of Daniel. Okay? Uh, first is new learning. Everybody say new learning. Verse 4, to teach them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. Or Chaldeans okay? And so what, what the Babylonian Empire did was not to do a military conquest on Jerusalem. Yeah, they did that, but they did, they did not destroy Jerusalem completely. What they did was they got the best of the best, you know how it is, but it's kind of like applying in the you know the best schools. Everybody, you take an upcut exam or you take uh, you know the exam in Ateneo or whatever. Okay, and so you know they they choose the best of the best, and so it's kind of like that in Babylon. They pre-qualify those guys in ability. They train you for for three years before you actually enter the king's service. So what they did was they will take out the language of the Hebrew from your heart and put in the Babylonian language. Okay? They will take out the literature and the, the history of, of, of the Jews in your heart and put in the history of the Babylon. 
And right now, we're actually seeing that somehow in the way our young people are listening to their music in the fashion industry, di ba? We see so many times the, the influence of the world happening among our young people. The music that they hear, di ba? Uh, from Taylor Swift or One Direction or from, from Justin B. Or, you know, it's, it's just, you know, the target is the youth. There's even this one girl that sings, you know, her name is Lady G. Born this way, come on now. And if you look at that particular song, it looks harmless, but yet, in reality, that is actually a big lie. Because what, that, what, the, what the singer is preaching is that it's okay for you to live the way you live because you're actually born that way. How many of you know that, yes, we were born sinners, but Jesus Christ came, and that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the gospel there. He came to redeem us from our sins so that we don't have to stay in our sins anymore. When Jesus Christ died, He actually gave us a new life. If anyone is in Christ, He is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. So you don't have to be born that way. And to remain that way, you have to be reborn or to be born again. Come on now. Come on, give the Lord praise. And even in our home, you know, sometimes I listen to this music. Not because I love them, but because I want to hear what my kids are listening to. What the young people are listening to nowadays. Okay? Nakikihip na rin akong ganoon. Parang ganoon, di ba? Parang guiyomi, di ba? You know, why is this so in with the young people nowadays? Sometimes these songs don't make sense. But then it's a hit. And I'm just trying to understand the psyche of a young people. You know, one of the features of Time Magazine is that we are now in a me-me generation. You know, you see young people holding their cell phone. And then they actually take a picture of themselves. No, they will take a picture of themselves. You know, somehow this generation is a little bit full of themselves, but yet I believe that, that, that God has a purpose for them. God is going to redeem this next generation. And I believe that we are actually in the greatest generation ever, wherein we will see the, the advancement of the gospel ever. And God will use any kind of technology to advance His kingdom. Amen. New learning. You know, we need to teach our children, parents. I'm not just talking to the young people here. Parents, teach your children how to discern what's right and wrong. You know, every time I would, uh, you know, let them listen to a music, you know, of course, in our home, we don't just say, bawa to, bawa to, bawa to, don't listen to that. Guess what? If you always say that, they won't know how to process these things. Teach them how to do it because when they go, they, when they go out of the house, the chances are they might listen to them. They might hear them in the bus, in the mall, among their friends. So let, let them listen to them and let, help them to process it. If it's contrary to the convictions that we're teaching in the Bible, then go and tell them, don't listen to that. Okay? New learning. Next is new desire. 
The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate of the wine that he drank. Nowadays, you know, you see that even young people would say it's okay to have sex outside marriage. It's okay to have premarital sex. That you actually have to practice safe sex. Is there such a thing as safe sex? The only safe sex I know is safe sex inside marriage. That's it. There's no other sex that is acceptable beyond that parameter. The only safe sex that we have and we have to practice is the sex within the bounds of a marriage covenant between a man and a woman. Hello. Are we here this afternoon? And this is the Bible we're preaching. But somehow the world actually is seeping in and it's teaching us subtly. You know, we are in the modern world right now. You've got to open your minds and you, you've got to open your mind to you know, some, you know, a revolution of another kind of sex. You, know, you have to go back to the purpose when God created man and woman. Man and woman, He created them. And He actually gave Adam to, to, Adam to Eve. Not Adam to Steve, okay? Adam to Eve and Eve to Adam. And that's it. You gotta wait till you're about to get married. You know, we were uh, looking at the video of Richard Poon. You probably saw that in the internet from Maya video. And his wedding or his marriage to uh, Maricar Reyes. And when the pastor said, you may now kiss the bride. Guess what? That was the first time that Richard and Maricar kissed as a couple. Is it really possible for us to live a standard like that? Next is new identity. You know, Babylon is actually trying to remove God from them and trying to remove their names. And, you know, if you study the Hebrew, Hebrew culture, you will notice that the Hebrew names represent your relationship with God. You know, every Hebrew name that was given to a boy or a girl represents how he would relate with God. You know, for example, Joshua is actually the Lord saves. Or Jesus is actually the derivative of Joshua, which means God will save His people. Emmanuel, which means God with us. You know, when I was, uh, when I was delivered, you know, I asked my dad, where did you get my name, Ariel? And my dad was actually joking me, and he said, you know, actually, you were born in this hospital called Clinica Areliano. So we got the first two syllables of Areliano, and that's it. That's your name, Ariel. But, but of course, that was just a joke. And I realized that the, the name they've given me is actually a Hebrew name. Ariel means Lion of God. And so there's a very, very good significance of what you name your children because you know, your children will walk in with that name. And so among the Hebrew, when they were given a Hebrew name, you know, that represents their relationship with God. And these four Hebrew boys, they all have Hebrew names. Daniel, which means God is my judge. The Babylonians changed his name from Daniel to... Belteshazzar, which means bell or protect the king. Next is Hananiah, which means Yahweh is gracious. They change it to Shadrach. And the meaning of Shadrach is the command of Aku. Ano yung sabihin nun? Wala ko anong trip mo. Ikaw, Aku. Kung anong trip ko, Aku, na Aku to eh. Command ko, Aku. Di ba? 
So, Mishael, who is like God. Mishak, who is Aku. Ako pa rin, di ba? Who is like Aku. And Azariah, Azariah is, Yahweh is a helper, a Bednego, servant of the Shining One, or Nebo. It's interesting that when you look at Filipinos, di ba? We're so, we're so uh, adapt, adaptable as a culture, right? As a people. You know, every time you go to a, another nation, di ba? You adapt. You know, but these Hebrew boys, actually, they don't want to adapt to this culture. Okay? But us Filipinos, you know, parang one week pa lang sa US, kala mo nakaslang na, hey man, what you do, man? One week pa lang yun. You know? You know, you find, you know, you Filipinos with, with local name, local sounding names, the moment they go to the stage, they change your names, you know? Like uh, Demetri uh, Dagdag, naging Demi Moore. Rogelio Dagdag, Roger Moore. Victoria Malihim, Victoria Secret. Topacio Mamaril, Top Gun. Eleuterio Ignacio, Electronic Ignition. Di ba Lahat pinalatan. Restituto Fruto, Tutti Frutti. You know, whatever name that you give them, somehow they will be creative in changing their names. I mean, we love that. Yeah? But just locally, you know, we just change our names. You know, we just add H, boy, or whatever. Ariel. Yeah, but... you know, anyway, that's how creative we are. So what does this mean to all of us? I believe that every time the world would come to us and influence us, we should dare to be different. Look at the person beside you. Tell that person, dare to be different. Dare to be different. Are you different? We ought to live a life that is different from the world. When you go to your office, and when you, know, when you say you're a Christian, the off, your office mate should actually say in response, ah, kaya ka pala different. Kasi Christian ka. Hindi yung, ha, Christiano ka, kailan pa? Yung iba nagugulat, ah, Christian ka ba? Akala ko, anak ka ni Judas eh. Kung magkikilos, iba, there's no change. You're just like the world. You live like the world. You breathe like the world. You talk like the world. You smell like the world. We ought to be different. And Daniel had a conviction about God. Three quick points. Conviction about God. You know, he knew that actually God was calling them. Yes, they're being brought outside of their homes into a new land. And yet you can never take God out of their hearts even if they're living in a new land. In verse 8, it says, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now, to resolve means to purpose or to determine in your heart. Now, I'm just looking at Daniel. Diba? Parang, wow, privilege na nga yun. Can you imagine? You're brought out. Hindi ka ginutom. You're not treated as a slave. You're given the food for kings. And what food is, what, what, what's that food? I'm sure meron dong lichong kawale, liempo, lichong, whatever, di ba? Kare-kare. Or maybe, uh, ano naman, or whatever. Whatever they're eating. Why is that? You know, Daniel allowed them to change his name from Daniel to Belteshazzar, but he would not allow himself to eat the food from the king's table. Why is that? 
because it was a common practice at that time. But every time you eat food from the king's table, normally those food came for, as an offering to their gods. And he would not compromise and defile himself to eat any of those foods sacrificed to idols. Internal character for him is more important than external beauty. You know, he could have actually just devoured them. Wow, sarap naman ito, di ba? You know, he's in another land. You know, there's actually a mosaic law that talks about some dietary rules among the Jews. You know, you can't eat pork. But yet, he could probably justify, hey, we're not in Jerusalem anymore anyway. We're in a new land. So, you know, in, 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 in the Rome, you know, do, do like, live like the Romans. You know, do like what Caesar does. He could have actually taken that route of justification, but he did not. He continued to actually stand for his convictions, and he obeyed God. Now, this next slide is actually an NBA player back in the 80s. Now, I know that the Miami Heat won. Okay? Congratulations to you guys. Let's take a moment of silence for a great team that lost their chance. But anyway, so... But A.C. Green was actually the, one of the NBA uh, great athletes back in the 80s, early 90s. And he was called to be the NBA uh, Iron Man. He played... Why was he called Iron Man in the NBA? He played 1,192 consecutive games in 16 seasons without any absent Kainyun. Without absent. He'd always play there. He actually won several championship, uh, championship rings with the LA Lakers. He became part of uh, Phoenix Suns and then Dallas Mavericks and eventually Miami Heat before the time of LeBron James. Sayang. Anyway, you know what's amazing about this guy? He got married at the age of 30, 38 as a virgin. He made a decision, and according to his conviction, he said, I will never sleep around. And it was common for athletes in the NBA. Women, you know, cheerleaders are probably, uh, you know, throwing themselves to these athletes to sleep around because, you know, it's just a one-night stand. But for A.C. Green, he did not do that. He said, I'm going to wait till I get married. And he got married at the age of 38 as a virgin. And he was always preaching about not safe sex, but abstinence till you get married. That is the safest sex that you can have. In fact, he was dubbed the basketball star who never scored. <laughs> but that's fine. Remember the story of this young teenage girl who was taunted by her classmates every time she was persecuted because she's a Christian and she was a virgin. And they'd always taunt her. And finally, she just said, she stood up before the class and she said, Hey, ladies, I can be like you anytime I want, but you can never be like me again as a virgin. And so, so they stopped persecuting her after that because she wanted to keep her conviction. You know, uh, you know, maintain our conviction. Do not defile ourselves for the Lord. Second point is confidence in God. Confidence in God. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 12, when, uh, when Daniel requested, don't give us this food, 
He give us just vegetables. And he, he said in uh, verse 12, Please test your, your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Now, how many of you here are vegetarians? Can you please raise your hand. Wow, great. I admire you guys. But anyway. Okay, because, you know, some are, you know, like the, that's the conviction of Daniel. Okay? And what, when you see Daniel fast, you only eat vegetables and you only drink water. Okay? He's challenging the chief official. And he said, let the other guys eat the food from the king's table. For us four, we're just going to eat vegetables and we're just going to have water. And he said in verse 13, Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. And guess what? After 10 days, they actually saw that they were actually well and even better nourished than those who ate from the king's table. Confidence in God. They were not afraid. And, and the Aspenas was afraid. You know, the, the guy who was in charge of, of uh, the royal uh, court because he was instructed by the king, you know, you are to feed them with all that's coming out from my table. But you know, these guys were saying, don't be afraid of the king. We're more afraid of our God than follow the king's commands. We'd rather obey our God and follow them. And we, we see this as a consistent line in, in the book of Daniel, in Daniel chapter 3, you know, in the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow down to the idol of the king. And they said, we'd rather burn than go and worship the idol. Confidence in God. You know, when you go back to your office tomorrow, and then maybe you're feeling, you know, you're sensing, you know, a, a, a challenge, you know, maybe there's a time of compromise. You know, I remember the story of... Uh, of, uh, of Conrad Reyes when he was still working in a, in a, a, a firm uh, back in the, in the 90s. It was a practice in that firm that they would always do under-the-table dealings because it's part of sales. And for the first time among them, because they're all Christians, I think they were about four Christian um, salesmen uh, all attending victory at that time. And they said, we will never practice under-the-table deals or bribery when we do sales. And, you know, other sales agents are saying, you're crazy because you wouldn't get any sales if you do that. But they said, no, we're going to prove you wrong. That we can actually do things that's right and we can actually be on the top of our game. Guess what? When they decided on that same year, they actually topped the list of the salesmen in that company. And when the president found out that they can actually practice uh, sales without bribery or without doing under-table deals... He actually wrote an ordinance in the company to ban under-the-table deals. And they actually changed the culture of that company from that time on. Can you imagine? You know, a, a conviction of young men okay, uh, changing the course, changing the culture of the company. You can actually do that. Don't be afraid of what other people will say. Be more afraid of God. The Bible says, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. How many of you need wisdom from the Lord every day? Guess what? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And last point, I want to end with this. is capability from God. Capability from God. Conviction to stand up for what is right. We get, we get confidence uh, in God and we get our capability ultimately from God. Verse 17. To this four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. All kinds. Now, how many of you have an aptitude for all kinds of learning? Math, science, 
reading. How many of you favorite your math? Okay, or tinutulugan niyo yung teacher niya, di ba? You know, physics, okay, or chemistry. This guys did not study for that. It was God who gave them the knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. How many of you are young students here? Students still going to class. Okay, ask the Lord, Lord, give me an attitude like Daniel. That every time I take a quiz in biology and chemistry, I'll not only just make pasang awa, but raise my grades from the dead, but be on the top of my class. To this four men, God made knowledge, or God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. You know, no man can actually go and interpret dreams. This ability comes from the Lord Himself. And if you would stand up for the Lord, guess what? You will be on the top of your game. At the end of the time, set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebu. You know Nebu? Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. The king talked with them and he found them or he found none equal. To Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Nazariah, so they entered the king's service. Verse 20. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and the enchanters in his entire kingdom. Ten times better. You and I can be ten times better. As a student, you can be ten times better. As an employee, you can be 10 times better. As a business owner, you can be 10 times better of the people in your industry if you will just have a conviction from the Lord, confidence in Him, because ultimately, your capability and your knowledge, your wisdom comes from Him anyway. You can be at the top of your game. You can actually predict, you know, which products to, to move, which products to withhold. You know, God can have the ability to do that. He can give you the wisdom beyond your years. My question today is, are you willing to stand up for what is right? We can make a difference and become ten times better when we set our hearts to please the Lord. You know, I want to show you a video of a student from our church here in Alabang who actually had an encounter, okay, not with God, okay, an encounter with the test okay, and what he did uh, during that time. Roll Thank you. 
Praise God. He actually passes exams without cheating anyone. You know, sometimes you have this saying, it is better to cheat than to repeat. But when you do that as a young person, guess what? You bring that when you grow old. Every compromise, you know, little things that you do. You know, we're teaching our young daughters, you know, not to teach in fact, Yesterday, my, my uh, eight-year-old confessed to me and mom. Basically, she was crying and she said, I cheated in my quiz. And we asked her, what did you do? I kind of looked at the paper of Andrea and I copied her answers. And we had to deal with her because we're, we told her, we're not after your performance. We're after a heart that's right before the Lord. We'd rather you fail than you cheat. And we're teaching our young children, and I hope that as parents we need to hear this. Don't put undue pressure on our children. Sometimes they perform just to please you, but in the way they do things, sometimes they actually take shortcuts in order for them to pass. You've got to teach them what's right, to depend on God, and to trust Him. And I believe that just like R.C., He chose the path of not cheating, and ultimately wisdom came from the Lord to him at that right moment. Whatever your situation is, you, might, you may not be a student right now. You may actually be a business person. Maybe a single a guy or a single lady. You're in the midst of a decision-making uh, right now in your, in your life. Ask the Lord for wisdom. Stand up for Him. Don't compromise. And I believe that God will be the one to honor you. We hope you were inspired by that message. Victory believes in investing in the next generation of leaders by reaching out to campuses across the nation through Lifebox. If you want to know more about Lifebox, just inquire at the concierge or simply visit lifebox.ph. Thank you and stay connected.